All right. So it's really my privilege again today to be able to share with you. Um, not often I get to preach twice in three weeks, so it's, it's, it's quite cool. Um, but it is the final week. I'm sure some of you might be like tired or offended by hearing the same topic for the fourth week, but I don't know, I mean, that's a joke. Or make yourself laugh, just ha, 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 There we go, I like that. There we go. So obviously, this is the final week of we're talking about offense, and I have been amazed. Uh, actually, no, I'm not amazed by what God does, but in the last two weeks about just people that have, have come to me from the last sermon and just like shared their hearts and just stuff that's been there and that has been, they've been set free from, from offenses and stuff they've held for, for years. I spoke to one person who's had an offense for six years um, and they've been set free from that and it's, it's, it's been amazing. It's been very humbling. But one thing that it has highlighted to me is, I think I did mention it in that, the last sermon, was I really believe this is one of the key things in the church today that has become a culture of the Western church where we hold on to stuff and hold people captive and prisoners. Some of them don't even know that they've done something, you know, um, I spoke to someone and they said to me, like, I've got this offense for so many years and I don't even think they know. And um, so I want to just talk a little bit. Last time I spent a lot of time talking about forgiveness because I shared a lot of my, my own journey um, in a season that, that, that I had. And today I just want to talk about, um, so what, what, what does offense look like? What is it? And how do we... How do we deal with it? How do we process it? What does it represent in our lives, et cetera, et cetera? So I just want to talk a bit about that this morning and hopefully give us some tools that um, if you're still feeling in that place where, you know what, I've still got something, yeah, you know, towards someone or something or whatever the case might be, like, what do I do? How do I go beyond this? How, do, how, how am I totally free? So I'm in church. I've, I've accepted Jesus in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm a new believer but I still feel so weighted down, I think. So I would like to just share, like, how do we, how do we come out of that? And how do we, we, we tackle that as believers? And, and how do we prevent it from happening again and again and again? Because if you remember when you became a member of this church, Dave is very clear when he says, right up the front, he says, we will offend you. And you will offend someone else. The scripture says that there will be stumbling blocks along our road. And I really believe one of those stumbling blocks is how we hold or pick up offenses. And sometimes it's not even your offense towards someone else. It's someone else's offense towards someone else. Anyone ever picked up an offense for someone? No one. Oh, one person, two. Ooh, on a roll here this morning. All right, so let's, if you, um, one of the scriptures I want to highlight is Matthew 24.10. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Is it just that part? 
I, I read it in the Amplified, and it, just, it was so amazing. It said, and then many will be offended and repelled and will begin to distrust and desert, in brackets, him whom they ought to trust and obey. And they will stumble and fall away and betray one another and pursue one another with hatred. I loved that. I thought, wow, that just ampl- and brings that passage so, so alive and so relevant and real in today's times. Because if you think about us as believers, that if we are really wanting to, to walk in freedom, you know, it is so important that as we walk around and walk with one another and work and, and walk with those that we work in, uh, that we work with, that we don't want to be in a place where it's like, oh, I don't really want to talk to that person. What? And, we, and we duck and we dive. It's like we want to be able to walk into rooms and churches, into family rooms, into all those sort of places, knowing that we are completely saved by the blood of Jesus and what he did on the cross for us and the power of the resurrection that, and, 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 and how Jesus showed us to live and how to manage these difficult circumstances and situations that we can actually walk with absolute freedom amongst people. I had a dear friend who, who worked with me at the edge and he was at Fountain for, for many years. Um, do you guys remember Anton Fanekak? No, not Fanekak, Anton. Yeah, this Fanekak. No? Anton and Liz. This Fanekak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just went, um, I was thinking about another Fanekak, I know. But Anton, and Anton was, was, a, was a member of Fountain and then he came across the edge and um, Anton was boarded, so he worked with me in the office often. And um, offense was something Anton really wrestled with in his life about things that happened and got to a place where he really like, took victory over it. Um, unfortunately, Anton passed away a few, a few years ago. And um, Anton and I had, used to have these fascinating theological discussions in the office. And um, one thing like he said to me is, yeah, the only way I can overcome these things and holding offenses if I choose to pray for them. So anyone that I'm feeling my heart is slightly hardened to or like a, a, a tension with, I begin to pray for them. Because it's hard to be angry with someone that you're praying for. Because God begins to give you his heart for that person. And that was such a valuable lesson for me. And Anton was obviously a few years older than me then, so I learned quite a bit from that, that discussion and watching him overcome that. So what is offense? What is offense? And I want to take a slightly a spiritual aspect here, and I want to say offense is a spiritual seed. And you might think, well, that's like dodgy, you know? And I believe there are four ways that this seed is sown into our lives. And you can listen to these four things and tell me if it's ever happened to you. And the first one is, what others have said to us? When someone says something to you, what does that do inside? Is there something in that that has maybe cut you or made you a bit painful? Second one is, what others did not say to us? The most famous one I've 
heard, I've been a part of three churches in my life. And I think I've heard it in every single church. Someone did not greet me this morning. Eh? Maybe those laughing have said it somewhere along the line. That is the most famous one I've heard in church. Someone did not greet me this morning. Maybe someone did not say thank you or did not say thank you enough. Maybe someone didn't say something, whatever you needed to hear at that time. The third one is what others did to us. Has someone done something to you that has caught a, a negative action or reaction in you? Maybe someone's been selfish. Someone humiliated you. And then what someone did not do for you. Maybe someone didn't do a favor for you when you put your need out there. Getting that interesting quiet inner bum wiggle again. You see, we always fall into one of those four categories when, when we get offended. And those are seeds that get planted in our hearts. And if we don't deal with them, that seed begins to grow a root of bitterness. And so much sin and stuff we do in the church is rooted in bitterness. And that weed or that root and that seed starts to sprout and it becomes a weed. But that weed also grows fruit. And that fruit is resentment. So for us as believers... We need to be sure that when those seeds are sown, are we becoming into a place of maturity where we can recognize? I think that is one of the crucial aspects for us as a church people, is that we recognize those seeds. Because sometimes someone says something without intentionally thinking, oh no, I'm going to offend Karen this morning. Don't go out and saying, I'm, I, I, I want to offend you. I know I probably offend people all the time. Not on purpose. Sometimes I just haven't engaged my brain before I speak. And I'm sure I'm not the only person who does that. Hey? Like I've said before, I try really hard. Sometimes please don't confuse my silence to... Me just not being present or not being actually wanting. I'm trying to be kind by not saying something. I, I, I really do. I work really hard not to say things that I shouldn't. Because I promise you, if I had to say everything, I would offend 90% of the people on a regular basis with anything that comes out of my mouth. I probably do it with my kids and my family, my wife more than, although even there I'm pretty good. Well, I try. <laughs> I've got a couple of jokes about that, but I can't share them from the pulpit. Yeah. So what is, 
What does a fence represent in our lives? You know, in Luke 17, 1, Jesus said to his disciples, It is inevitable that stumbling blocks or offenses come. And this he was talking to children, particularly. He was talking about the children coming. But I want to, to take it a little bit further than just the children. I want to particularly say about weaker or immature Christians. But woe to him, woe to him who they come through, you know? So if we are causing people to stumble and fall and offenses on purpose, especially when we are mature Christians, we cause great pain in people's lives. So it's just as important for us not to be, take offense and to be offended, but it is just as important for us not to cause offense on purpose. You see, we must not be putting stumbling blocks in front of people to stumble on purpose. Not everything we can say has to be said. And how we say it is so important. I just, we had a situation a little while ago where someone said something and they took huge offense. But then my wife said exactly the same thing, but in a different way. And they received it and was able to process and begin a journey. You see, how we say things to one another is so, so important. You see, it's grace and truth, but it doesn't mean that truth doesn't have to be kind. It's when we speak truth, do we speak it in love? Do we speak it with the intention of of really helping and assisting people to move closer towards understanding the grace that you want them to experience. You see, offenses represent those things in front of us that cause us to stumble and break down relationships with one another, and more especially, relationships with God. You see, if I'm not in a good place with you, it's impossible that I'm going to have be in a great place with God. God says, if you want to know that you're my disciples, you need to love one another. And that's where that point that Anton said to me was so like, well, you know what? It's hard to hate someone or irritated with someone if you're praying for them. I've got a long list of people I pray for. I hope you've got a list. We need to be praying that these stumbling blocks, are we able to step over them or run past them? Because if we keep getting hooked up on this one and this one and this one, we will never see revival and renewal in the churches because the church is so wrapped up in their own stuff. And when I say the church, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the people in the church. The devil's going to keep putting stuff in front of you. And if we do not grow up and learn to move beyond it, we're going to be so captured by it and we're going to like, oh, you know, we're going to have sore toes because we're going to be kicking everything. And our focus will be so focused on, oh no, let me look. And looking at what's in front of us, we take our eyes off of what God is doing before us and what God wants to do in our lives tomorrow and the next day and the next day. It's impossible for us to hear and see the call of God if we keep looking down, worrying about what's in front of us. 
I was a cricket. Well, I, I'm an old cricketer now, but I'm still a cricketer, I guess. And I, 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 as a bowler, you know, you've got to. I'm sure you all know this. There's a, obviously the cricket pitch, and then you run, and then you your feet are important where you land, and then you bowl. But as a bowler, I need to know where the ball is supposed to go. I probably have less control of it now as an older man. And my sons are laughing at me because they're wicked keepers, so they're trying to catch it down all over the place. But if I just focus on where I'm running and where I want to put my feet and not where the ball needs to go, where do you think it's going to go? Right, there we go. That's my problem. I'm old now. I've got to look where I run. <laughs> but I need to know of where God's taking me. And all of you as believers have a call on your life and what God is saying to you and calling you into places and areas where he wants you to make a difference. Do not let the fences and the stumbling blocks in your life prevent you from going where God wants you to take you. And if you don't know where God is wanting to take you, maybe just lift your eyes up and ask. And say, God, who, what do I need to clear? What can you clear in front of where I'm going? And walking. As believers, we must not be focused on the stumbling blocks and we must not be putting stumbling blocks in front of other people. By how we say things, what we say. Create space for people. Help them move their stuff. Help them process their stuff. See, because these offenses represent these stumbling blocks, but what happens when we don't actually deal with it and we don't handle it? Well, we keep tripping. It's amazing. I've spoken to some people that just trip over the same thing over and over and over. And that's where my like, kindness like, wants to come to an end. And I'm like, he and the mensa, as a belief. Go talk to your friends. And they will tell you the same thing. Get over it. Build a bridge. Don't hold on to things that Jesus died for. For goodness sake. They'll become so bitter and have so much resentment. In their lives. And you know what? If, if, if we choose to hold on to them, I suppose, I don't know what people have done to you and stuff. And maybe you think you've got a right. But I know if you really want the freedom of God, know that Jesus died for that. One of my favorite songs, where it has been for about a year, I don't know, a year and a half, is that gratitude song. If we have a heart of gratitude for what Jesus has done for us, why do you think Paul says to us about the Last Supper and Jesus said to us, go and do it. Have this regularly. Not just about the bread and the wine. You can have it with Coke and chips for all I care. You can make it whatever you want to, but it's the heart of knowing and a grateful heart of knowing what Jesus did for us. Because if we really understand what he went through, for you to overcome your offense, we might have a different look. 
Resentment, bitterness, it destroys marriages. It destroys families. It destroys relationships across families, churches, you name it. But it destroys the relationship that you have with Jesus. And therefore, it disturbs and destroys the plan that God has for your life. None of us are exempt from offenses. None of us. There's going to constantly be things because we're dealing with people. We get into bad moods. They get into bad moods. People say things and don't say things and then do things and don't do things. But what do we do with that? Which leads us to the third point of what's God's counsel to us? How do we respond to these offenses? So Luke 17, 3 to 4 says, Pay attention and always be on your guard. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Something I learned, are you prepared to forgive them even if they don't ask forgiveness? Are you prepared to let things go even if they don't know or they're not prepared to ask for forgiveness? Remember the Lord's Prayer a couple of weeks ago? If I don't forgive, I can't expect God to forgive me if I'm holding on. Are you prepared to forgive people even if they don't come to you and say, I'm sorry? They might not know. Are you prepared to be set free from that? Matthew 18, 15, 16 talks about, you know what, if I know someone has sinned against me and they don't, if, go and chat to them about it. God gives us counsel and he shows us, you know what, go and talk to someone. And if you still don't get anywhere, take someone else with you. Pursue relationship wholeness. Pursue it. Pursue the freedom in your heart against other people. It was so key for Jesus. That's why he taught in it. He wanted us to be set free from these things that will hold us against, hold us from being in unity with one another. Because unity is everything in the kingdom of God. If we're not in unity with this person, we can't necessarily be in unity with the body and with God. Because we all need to be of one heart, one mind. So Jesus said to us, go and deal with it. Go and process it. Go and talk to you. If you need to talk to someone else first, before going to confront the person, do that. But don't go and talk to everyone. Because you know what happens? And this is also famous in every church. Because I will go and speak to Dave Greer. And then Dave Greer, like, yo, that's wrong. So he picks up my offense. And he goes and picks up. And he wants to talk to that one and that one. And then five people. Or I go talk to Dave. And then I go talk to, to Raymond and to Lyle and to Tacey. And I'll tell them all the same story or whatever. And then they all on my It's about gaining sides. They're on my side. So then they've got my offense now. 
and then they might talk to someone else. And then everyone's offended with it and no one knows what the heck the offense was. But the root of bitterness is there. The resentment is there. And then we want to come and stand. Oh, I'll know up my hands. Praise you for again and again. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross and setting me free. But please don't take this away from me. I want to hold fast onto this offense. Come on. Come on, my soul. If we really want to release the lion inside of us, my gosh, we've got to get rid of these offenses. If we really want the new wine and the new wine skins, we let go of this stuff. Otherwise, we might as well just be a nice little pretty religion on the side who holds on to our stuff and wants to obey a couple of laws, don't really pursue relationship with Jesus. Because we're going to hold on to offenses, we're going to mess up that relationship with Jesus. Because we're not going to hear, we're not going to see, we're not going to be able to be a part of what he's doing because we won't even know he's doing something. Because he might just be doing something through the person that you are most offended by. And then the last point, and this one I love. I was so excited about this one. I like, couldn't wait to share it with you this morning. Plan for your next offense. Plan for your next offense because it's coming. <laughs> Karen asked me a question the other day, and I thought, you not straight away, because it normally takes me a while to process things. I'm a thinker. She's just like verbal. And she asked this question, when was the last time you had real breakthrough in your spiritual walk? When was the last time the church experienced the real move of the Holy Spirit? When was the last time you had faith or vision that good things were about to happen? Maybe the church needs to ask these questions more. And again, it's not the building. Each of us. We need to overcome these offenses and go on and work with Jesus. Are we looking and seeing what Jesus is doing and joining him? I read a book. Yes, I do read every now and again. But with, this, with the studies I'm doing on this master's thing, there was, there's a guy that talks about um, opportunity leadership. So it's, and he was just referring to, he says, you know, so often we've adopted so much of, the wor- of, of, of business, and it's not all bad before someone shoots me or gets offended by it. Not all of it is bad, but we've adopted so much of business and that into the church. So we have a year's plan, two years plan, five years plan, ten years plan, and we, 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 we come with all our stuff and we plan everything. Man, we plan Alice to death. 
if we have to. Because as long as people know where they're going and what we're going to do. And this guy was saying, and I know some people will disagree with it, but it's, that's your choice. But what he was really saying was, you know, if we're driving from yet to Joburg, in the old days you used to have a map, remember? Or if you're going on a hike, you've got a map. That's your planning. But I know anyone, like, for example, when you go on a hunt, you can't have a map. Because the animals don't just stand in one spot waiting for you to come and, oh, they're, they're kind of you. you. You know, you marked X, marks, doesn't work like that. So sometimes you need a tracker or a guide. And this guy was saying, it's nothing wrong with planning tentatively. But you don't actually want a map. You want the guide. And that is Jesus. You want Jesus showing you, let's go this way. And you want to be following him. And that's for all our lives. We want to be following the guide. So we have the map in scripture, but we need to be using the guide as well. What's the Holy Spirit saying to me? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? In this moment, in this time, today. So we read scripture and we say, God, that is amazing. And the Spirit says, yes, let's take you. And then this is what your day will look like. Plan for the next offense. Allow the Holy Spirit to show you what those seeds are in front of you what people are doing, that you are either going to pick up that bitterness and resentment or if you're going to pull it out. You know dandelions? They're those horrible yellow flowers that you see in parks and everywhere and then people always say it's, uh, you know, the garden service cuts them and then they chuck them in your yard and what, 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 what. But they are fascinating things because they, obviously, you've got these little yellow things that come out and then, but deep under the ground, is this, like, have you seen the root of a dandelion? Eh? Is that proper? For a little plant, yes, those things go deep. And if you have space on your lawn, they're going to find it. And they're going to go down deep quickly. And those dandelions represent offenses and sin in our lives. So if you want to create space for dandelions, just continue to, oh, I'll just take a bit. Enjoy your taking offense. We need to make sure that we are filling those spaces in our lives with the word of God and the spirit of God. Good fellowship, connection with one another, healthy connection with people, praying for one another, Stirring one another up to say, you know what? When someone says, say, whoa, 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 whoa. What does scripture say? It's not hard in our hearts. Let's be and make ourselves available and open to the next move of God. But for us to do that, we need to be able to let go. Yes, we, the sound guys should be awake and say, let it go, let it go. We need to be in the 
freedom of saying, God, do not harden my heart to bitterness. Do not open my heart to the bitterness and resentment that I can so easily carry. And I know some of you are sitting there this morning and go, Ian and Marie, you're talking nonsense. That's fine. But I have seen the fruit of bitterness and resentment in church. I know I'm younger than a lot of you, but I also know I'm older than a lot of you. And I have seen it, the pain and destruction that comes from offenses in churches. And you know what you expected in the world? You expect it there. But if you don't expect it, from people that say, you know what? I'm laying down that and I'm following Jesus. Jesus, I accept the freedom that you give. Let's not be a people that holds on to offenses, resentment, bitterness, sin in our lives. We are called to be different. We are called to be different. We are called to live differently throughout there. Your life was purchased on the cross. And you've said yes. I hope you've said yes. If you've said yes, Then you've put your hand up and you say, God, I want to do this differently. Let's live our lives with integrity. And you will be asking yourself that question, God, what do I need to do here? We all have those questions. We all have those things. God, what are you saying in this moment, in this time? Be my guide. Do I need to resolve something? What do I need to resolve? Because I want to walk in your freedom. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up and sing that song, Gratitude. And then I want to create space that in that song, if you want to say, you know what? I don't want this bitterness. I don't want resentment in my life. I actually want to be set free now. I want to let it go. Come forward. We would love to pray with you. And then if you're standing there and you're thinking, I am totally set free from this. Come forward and pray with people that are coming up. It's a call. It's a, it's a, it's a choice that God is setting before you. And it's not about, oh, you know, I'm going to look bad. I shared my story on a, on a thing two weeks ago. And it wasn't because I'm a really bad person. It wasn't because if you've got something in your life, you're a really bad person. It's stuff that the devil does in our hearts and our lives that causes us to stop. And I'm saying God wants to set you free from that this morning. So come forward and just saying, throw up your hands and say, God, I'm grateful for the freedom that you bring me.
And he will set you free. I think Dave mentioned it while he was running up here a couple of weeks. Yourself the freedom. Yeah, I just wanted to add on to that. Um, There was a call made earlier in worship, you know. Like if you want God to jumpstart your heart, come up, you know. Um, Who are the brave ones? Who are the hungry ones? And and this might offend you because I'm, I'm talking to the guys in the house, but if you're offended, speak to Gavin. But it's... To me, it's like it's the ladies that are the hungry ones, that are the brave ones, and, and what's happening for us as guys, you know? And I think as men, our biggest problem is that we actually struggle to acknowledge that we have a problem, you know? And I've just got one word for, for you as men this morning and for myself as well, and it's just the word yield. And that, what, what does yield look like? It's to yield is to, is to become part of a process that God's already doing. And actually saying, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on board with that. So, yeah, just in, in, in that context as well, I just really want to appeal to the men particularly just to, just to come and to yield and just to acknowledge because God can't actually begin to work with us until we actually acknowledge that we have a problem. Yes, bless you guys. Okay, Dave. Let's begin with our hearts being open to Jesus and asking God, forgive us. Every move of God, every revival has begun with people repenting before God and coming to God and saying, Lord, I'm so grateful for what you do. So let's stand together. And like I said, the invitation is just to come forward. If you don't want anyone to pray with you, that's fine. Just come and worship. And allow God to do what He's going to do in your lives.
come with our hallelujahs and we come with a grateful heart and a heart that says thank you and Lord I pray that you would that you would show us and guide us as your church to be free Lord free from the stuff we hold on to free from the sin that we have in our hearts free from the offenses we carry in our hearts that you would teach us to come and say thank you. Teach us to come and say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. May we have a heart of repentance for the ways that we hurt the other and ourselves and forgetting what you do. So Lord, we thank you for what you've done on the cross. We thank you that you've called us and you've set us free. And I pray, Lord, that we would begin to walk in your freedom more and more. Stir in our hearts, God, more and more freedom. Stir in our hearts, God, the desire to know you more, the desire to see you more in our hearts, see you more in our lives, see what you're doing around us. Open our eyes and our ears, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you've been with us. Thank you for your goodness, your kindness. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Have a great Sunday.